Hi guys, uh, the episode that you're just about to listen to is generously sponsored by our affiliates Board Game Crate. Board Game Crate uh, provide a monthly subscription service where they get fresh new games delivered straight to your door. Just head over to www.boardgamecrate.co.uk and furthermore, if you use our discount code UnluckyFrogIsAwesome, all lowercase, all one word, you'll get a cheeky little discount. It's easy to remember because it's true. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast uh, Independence Day. Uh, you are joined by your usual hosts here, Josh Hartley and Ben Porter. Ben, how are we doing? I'm doing, doing very well. We we do have a guest. We do. I was yes. about to introduce Dave. Yeah. Hello, Dave. Hello, guys. <laughs> Dave, the, um, did, did we settle down on your title over Tabletop Scotland? Well, I think it's still unofficially convention overlord. Um, um, but, but like, yeah. well, if, if you must yeah. acknowledge me, yeah, as overlord. Um, I'm sure yeah. other people labelled me that, not me myself. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not we're not doing anything to detract from it. No, no <laughs> I'm quite comfortable with that moniker. Thank you. Yeah. Can, can can neither confirm nor deny that that Dave started that one off. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, Dave, hello, and thank you very much for coming on the show. So uh, we are going to have a bit of a chat about uh, Tabletop Scotland 2019, which is, uh, of course, going to be coming up next year. But uh, before we dive into anything along those lines, we thought it might be a good, now that the dust has settled a bit after the first year of the convention, just what your thoughts are, how you felt it all went, uh, and yeah, a little bit of a retrospective. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, going into it, it was one of these things where we'd done all the prep, we opened the doors, and people come in and see what happens. Um, because by that stage, you've done everything you can, really. Um, but the event itself, I think everything went pretty much to clockwork. Um, apart from the bringing by being under resourced and too long a queue, but never mind. Um, no one really moaned that much. Um, overall, I thought it went really well. Um, I think I'm finally relaxed about three o'clock on the Sunday, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, or maybe slightly earlier on that through fatigue. But um, no, it, it went really well. Everyone seemed to have a really positive experience. The atmosphere was really good. It was very relaxed. The mixture of people we had there, but so many families there, which was fantastic. Um, and lots of people engaging with the hobby for the first time as well, which was which was great to see. Our gateway area in particular was really busy. Um, yeah. But yeah, everything, I think everything worked. Um, and there's nothing I can put my finger on that, that I'm unhappy about over the weekend, which is a, a good thing. Uh, I don't want to focus on a negative because there isn't one in my head. Um, but it, it just just um, for the benefit of the tape, it, it's very, very unusual for Dave to say that. So that means that things went really well, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> You've obviously been spending far too much time with me, Ben. Um, <laughs> um, it's true, in fact. I do tend to look for something to improve upon. Um, and that doesn't mean we won't be improving on things. It just there's nothing negative to really look at and go, that was a problem. Let's, let's see how we fix that. No, but that is a good thing. And going back to your point of um, how great it was to see, you know, first timers and families there, that's something that struck us while we were at the, well, we, we were in attendance over the weekend, just the, the sheer number of families with children of all different ages as well, getting into, getting really into the hobby as well, which is fantastic. Yeah. Well, and we, we've been to, you know, we're, we're not convention veterans by any stretch, but we've been to a few and we've been mm -hmm. to conventions of different sizes with slightly different uh, focus. But I think that although, although Tabletop Scotland um, maybe wasn't the biggest convention we've been to, I, I think that there, there seemed to be a bit more of a concentration of families than some of the other conventions I've been yeah. to. And I think, I think, that, I think that's accurate because it, it felt... Well, it felt very family oriented, and we kind of went into it wanting that, um, mm -hmm. and to get that kind of response was, was great. Um, I mean, you're right. A lot of conventions, and it's not a negative against them, but a lot of conventions focus on the existing gamer um, mm -hmm. and the service that need. We deliberately wanted to target both family and new gamers. Uh, yeah. or, or even relatively new gamers who just wanted to ex experience the hobby a bit more. And our exhibitor list kind of matched that as well, uh, which worked really well. In fact, I haven't mentioned them yet. They they were all great. Every, every single one of them uh, were fantastic throughout the weekend. They all had a really good weekend um, just as an experience and commercially. So that that's, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, just seeing... I suppose in some respects the the fact that they had a good weekend commercially is really important because it, it, it makes it worth their while um, as well and then they want to come back which is great yeah that's fantastic that that's fantastic to hear so um before before we perhaps look ahead um did you I, I believe you've You've gathered a bit of feedback yeah, uh, yeah. on on the last. I say last year's convention. It was this year's convention. I know, I know. The, the, the number of times I keep saying last year, and it's actually still. <laughs> um, I mean, it's only been three months, which is still quite scary that it's only been three months. Um, yeah, so we did a, a feedback survey, which went out to everyone in the newsletter and was linked through the various social media channels and. It kind of echoed what I've just said. The overriding feeling was it was really well run. Everything went according to plan. Um, some niggles with the bring and buy, but that that we kind of half expected, and but we just ended up throwing more bodies at it basically to mm -hmm. keep it going. Um, there was some interesting feedback, and amongst it all, um, one in particular, um, their their main their main piece of feedback was that they don't like Perth as a place, which <laughs> I obviously can't do anything about that. That's where the convention is. I I demand you change the city of Perth. <laughs> well, you know what we could do is we could get like a series of airships and then interlink them with like rope bridges, and then just have it hover over the city of Perth. So well, it, it's like some sort of sky fortress. Yeah, like a, a sky convention flotilla. Weakness in that plan. I'm scared of heights, so that wouldn't work for me. 
There we go. There yeah. we go. That, that's probably why I ruled it out, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. We near, we could have had the convention that was on Bowser's airship yeah, from we, Mario we all, Brothers 3. almost reached a compromise <laughs> for this guy as well. Yeah, this one person. I, I tell you, I'm, I'm devastated that we've not <laughs> found a solution for this guy. Well, you know, um, we won't have one for 2019 either, for that matter. Uh, <laughs> solution for the, the other kind of uh, interesting piece of well, not so much feedback. It was the one that we did through a Facebook poll recently is mm-hmm. uh, roughly 65% of all of the attendees, this was the first ever games convention they've been to, um, which both, well, both surprises me and doesn't. Uh, it surprises me because I didn't realise we had that kind of reach, but at the same time, yeah. it doesn't surprise me because we deliberately went after that kind of audience. So, great. Yeah. Do you, do you think that um, that is an indicator that there there's still growth in the industry and hobby? Because I know uh, people are thinking that it's starting to drop off a bit, um, especially in the wake of uh, Cool Mini or Not's recent financial report. What do you think? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, no, I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> an indicator of, of continued growth. Um, I think all we've done is engage with... From where I keep using the word hobby, but I'll use the word community this time. Um, mm-hmm. The Scottish tabletop community, um, in a very direct manner. We, I've been certainly by a number of people have been claimed of spamming um, Facebook groups and things like that. But it was really, it may have just been that the existing convention scene in Scotland didn't engage with them, so they just didn't know it was there, or mm-hmm. they didn't engage with them hard enough to make them want to go. And whilst, I mean, people like ourselves are quite happy to go south of the border for a convention, not everyone is. Certainly not yeah. north of Scotland, the very north of Scotland. Uh, that's a significantly further trek than what we would have. Um, so is there more growth to come? I expect there is, uh, because much like a number of exhibitors who didn't come in 2018, um, but may come in 2019. Um, I suspect a lot of the uh, community were on the fence, waiting to see what our event was like, yeah. which you mm-hmm. know, is perfectly acceptable because I probably would have been the same. Um, but it's so there's an expectation. Oh, that's the wrong word. There's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a hope that they come along in 2019 and see the event in all its glory. Uh, which would be great just to get a little bit more of a a wider community because well 65 percent of our attendees this was their first convention i suspect that some of them will now be thinking about going to others as a direct yeah Uh and that's that's a great thing in in of itself and you, you touched on it there what you you were talking about one of the things that struck me was you know the 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 decision to uh host the convention at perth that probably feeds a lot into the you know sixty five percent of I think people. It's a pro- probably the most central city in Scotland. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm sure. I'm I'm sure there's probably plenty of smaller conventions that go on all across the country, but for a convention of this size, it's probably the first time that it's been within easier reach 
or outside the, the central belt anyway. Yeah, and, and okay, we've had we had the comment about it's in Perth, but at the same time we had that as a positive as well from a lot of people because it, it wasn't in Glasgow or Edinburgh, so therefore those coming from the north, it was very easy to get to because the, the road and rail network. Yeah, mm-hmm. I dare say it was more a positive uh, from the feedback than it was a negative. Oh, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just thought that one, that one there just kind of stuck out as, <laughs> wait a minute. We can't do it. <laughs> this, is, this is a little unreasonable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that person has been scarred by a previous experience in Perth. Uh, hopefully, we've helped mend those wounds. Yeah. An, yeah. an ex wife or something in Perth, maybe. <laughs> I was trying to think, well, what what would be a very stereotypical NAS bad thing to happen to someone in Perth? But I don't know, Perth That's seems quite perfectly a nice. nice. Town, yeah, yeah. stampede of sheep, maybe, maybe, maybe not in Perth city centre. Yeah, well, but no, probably not. <laughs> maybe, maybe he was so happy in Perth that he came full circle. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. He achieved a state of nirvana and then became suddenly <laughs> depressed. <laughs> and that happened to him in Perth, so that, yeah. that stayed with him and traumatized just, him. Just in the middle of the town centre, see this guy fall to his knees, just going, No It's like you, you know the feeling you get when you've really enjoyed a film or a book and then it's over. No, I Maybe that's what he had. Oh, right, okay. And yeah, he can yeah. never go back to Perth now. It's just yeah, that, that emotional trauma of it's over. Yeah. 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 Like, so, so to the to the survey uh, member, uh, my advice to you would be, you know, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you got these things written down, Josh? By any chance? No, I, 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 I'm pretty sure that's one of these lame things you see on Facebook. Getting spammed. Sure yeah, the Perth Tourist Board needs to get a T-shirt made yeah. like that. <laughs> There we go. There we go. So uh, let, let's look ahead to uh, Tabletop Scotland 2019. Well, before we oh, do, oh, I, oh, do, I do oh. have a question. You you did say that everything went really well with 2018. And yes. obviously there are going to be some changes for 2019. But if yeah. you could, is there anything from 2018 that you would have done differently looking back now? Um. Yeah, we would have made a decision to have the bring in by much earlier in the process and wouldn't have put it where it was. Um, but then that would have meant we would have had to move something else. So uh, hindsight, if we'd had more space, then we would have had it in a different place. But we didn't have the space. Um, but going into 2019, we will. So that'll be different. Um, other than that, uh, no, not really. Um I mean, we had various trials and tribulations getting there. Uh, obviously, the games library and uh, the saviour legend, uh, Darius and his team, coming up and saving us out of that situation. Um, it was but thoroughly honest that wearing that T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't impact on the weekend, you know. And, and I think yeah. that, I mean, there were a couple of things that went wrong on the Friday. Um, well, we were doing setup and some other challenges, but ultimately none of them had any negative impact on the weekend itself, and that's that's the important thing. Um, and would we change anything about the weekend itself? Yeah, but nothing that made me think. Actually, we should have thought of that. I mean, we had some signage that we hadn't done properly. We had. Um, I mean, if you really want me to be critical, I can be, but... <laughs> I'm sure you um, can. Um, 
and, and there are some things that we will tweak, uh, but mm. they're more process oriented rather than something fundamental. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, again, we we thought it was really well organised, and uh, yeah, yeah, we wouldn't we we wouldn't change too much. However, I mean, of course, we, no. we were involved in the stuff. We would have went, we would have done differently, and certainly it was a learning curve for for us. I think, but I think I mean, and I, and I take that on board. That you, I mean, there were challenge there were challenges with everything we did, including obviously making sure that you guys had what you need from a, mm-hmm. a PA system and all that kind of governance. But they were challenges because we haven't done this before as a group. Right? Exactly. Yep. So and we did and it. We're going to we're going to have them. Yeah, we we did it, and it it happened, and it was a success. So makes right. sense. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I I think as as much as as insofar as what what we did, although. I'm quite critical of that. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that it was a lot more successful than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was really pleased with how it all turned out. <laughs> so I did not expect, well, I mean, what was it? Was it like was it about 70 or 80 people in the pub quiz? And uh, yeah. uh, um, Room D100 plus one as yeah. well, me getting... Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the thing. When we, when we talked about numbers for that... Uh, and we're, even when we were laying out the chairs for Room D100 Plus One, we had no idea what level of attendance you'd get for those two those no. two events, right? Yeah. Um, but that echoes with Bezzy's seminar on board game design and Michael and Pauline's seminar on accessibility. We had mm-hmm. no idea what level of attendance we'd get for them. And as we know, the boardroom was absolutely packed for Bezzy's event. Yes. And, and, and almost as packed for Michael and Pauline's event. And it's kind of like, right, okay. There was a demand there. We didn't know who was going to be there. So mm-hmm. how did we cater for that in 2019? Yeah. But I don't look upon them as negatives. They're just yeah. learning curves. Exactly. It got it got sweaty, but in a yes. good way. <laughs> it got sweaty in general in the building. Cause, I mean, we actually... that's, that's just conventions, folks. <laughs> yeah, but I think the, the for, for those who don't know, that in the other hall, they were trying to lay down ice for um, the curling, and we mm. were actually the heat from all the people in the building was causing that process to go slow, and so much so <laughs> that condensation was building on the ceiling in the other hall, and it was dripping onto the ice and basically warping ice. So we've warped ice. That's, that's how powerful gamers are. Heat of a thousand nerds. Yep. Exactly. There we go. There we oh, go. Fantastic. So, uh, 2019 then. What? Uh, I, th- I think when we were talking before we started the recording, bigger, better, louder. You think that that oh, could be a bit? I don't know if it's louder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although, although actually, now that I think about it, it probably will be. Yeah, I think the, the first thing to say there is the date. Um, yes. So we've brought we've brought the date forward by a week uh, to the twenty fourth and twenty fifth of August, and it's still only two days. Uh, even though we have a few people asking us to go to three, and I'm like, no, not in year two, please. Um, <laughs> and um, we brought it forward for a couple of reasons. The main reason is that enables us to have more space, and precisely it doubles our floor space. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's great because that gives us more options. It also means it ties in with the English bank holiday which was part of the feedback we got from some south of the border attendees uh, that they couldn't do the whole weekend or they'd have to leave on the Sunday early and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that enabled us, that enables us for next year to do, well, hopefully to attract more people in general. 
Sure. I was just going to say you'll probably have some people who might uh, might be spending their weeks of holiday going up to Edinburgh to the festival and yeah, then exactly. cap it all off with a, a a nice board game convention. So, um, yeah, there was one, there's one exhibitor who I'll not name uh, uh, tonight, but um, who was who is coming, but we don't have the paperwork done. Mm-hmm. Who their original plan was to come up the week before, do a week in Edinburgh for the fringe. And then the week after, they were going to tour up um, through the north of Scotland. But they completely forgot that their son's GCSE results are due on the Thursday before the convention, so they won't be able to do it for the French. Uh, uh, but hey, never mind. They're still, they're still coming in. That's, that's good. That's good. Uh, and, of course, that extra space is being uh, provided by uh, said, well, the room that said ice rink. Is it? Although it will, it will not be ice. It, it won't be an ice rink. There will be no ice anywhere on that floor. I can assure you of that. Um, there will be on the Monday night, but not on the Saturday and Sunday. I was kind of looking forward to like a human-sized game of ice cool. Oh, just about ah! to say that same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, pro- for practical reasons, yes. Let's not put the uh, ice. Not sure my insurance policy would cover us for that. <laughs> Um, I think so the, the main approach to year two is like, well, the analogy I'm using is similar to a band's second album. Um, is do more of what you did before, maybe tweak a bit, uh, but don't experiment too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's kind of the, the underlying feeling for 2019. Also keeping in mind the fantastic kind of atmosphere which was certainly a large part of the feedback of how friendly and relaxed it was we want to obviously sustain that into 2019 we don't want to do anything uh, that disrupts that in any way so that that's key yeah um i think the main bit though is we're doubling the floor space so that gives us a lot more flexibility um it means we can move some things around within the building as well mm-hmm. uh, namely the bring and buy um, it will not be in uh, the back cave as it became uh, <laughs> became known. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that gives us a lot of options. Um, I mean, from I mean, will I just rattle off stuff, or do you want to pause let's, and ask specifics? Well, let, let's let's just Wait, go for do, it. Do the generation right, okay. game, yeah, okay. for Tabletop Scotland 2019. <laughs> uh, oh, a media partner was that? Sorry, what was that, Ben? <laughs> media partner. Oh, oh who, <laughs> who could possibly be appointed? Well, you know, there, as you know, there was a rigorous interview process. Um, yes. And yet your your scorecard for 2018 was was thoroughly reviewed by the whole team. I, I heard the word exceptional was used. <laughs> that may have been Duncan yeah. talk. Something he did, maybe. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, No, I'm joking. Um, No, obviously, we are delighted to confirm that uh, Unlucky Frog Gaming have accepted the position of media partner for 2019. Woo! Yeah. And and all that comes with that. No, uh, absolutely delighted to be asked uh, back for next year, and more than happy to uh, uh, to take up our mantle as media yeah. partners again. We don't have anything to announce at the moment, other than the return of the pub quiz. 
Yes. The pub quiz is definitely going to be happening. Yeah, yeah. But um, we are going to be doing some some other things. Yes. As well. Yes. Uh, so, uh, so speak. Uh, uh, yes, uh, along the lines of uh, what is going to be new or returning uh, to Tabletop Scotland. Besides the unlucky frog. Besides the unlucky frog. Yeah, which is obviously it. very important that you're returning. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Yep. Uh, do can, can we confirm any of the exhibitors? So we we recently announced the tabletop crafter Kerry Hearn, and uh, she'll be coming back. Uh, she was very keen to be the first to be announced. I was going to say, uh, yeah, I, I I understand that she she was really really wanting to be the first one. Yeah, right. yeah. So we we are delighted to be able to announce her first. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of the twenty eighteen exhibitors are coming back. The ones that we can uh, confirm, obviously, including uh, Kerry, tabletop crafter, is so Haba will be back doing a, a bigger family zone. Um, mm-hmm. Excellent. That doing it, there's that doing a bit more again, um, and Asmodee will be back with their demo team, and again that'll be a bigger space they'll have. Um, and I had a meeting with them last week to talk about the plans for that and how we can, well, leverage the size of Asmodee as an organisation to help mm-hmm. us do a little bit more as well in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Coil Spring will be back uh, with with their uh, demo team as well. Again, that will be uh, more space that they'll have for that. So the 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 engagement stuff uh, rather than the open play and the exhibitors. Um, will be there and it'll be, be be the same people and it'll be more of them, which is fantastic. I uh, was really, really pleased to be able to get them confirmed really early on. As I say, the majority of the 2018 exhibitors um, will be back as well. It's a paperwork thing. I'm a stickler for that, as, uh, as is Duncan, actually. So we just need to make sure that we get all of that done and dusted uh, before we announce any more. Um, of course, yes. And, and I think the other thing there is that a number of the exhibitors we spoke to about 2018, um, although I don't think they would use these words, but I think they, they were waiting to see how 2018 went before they would really want to talk to us. So what that's resulted in, um, thanks to some of the fantastic, kind of obviously the feedback we've had, but primarily the blog coverage from people like James Naylor and Ross from More Games Please and mm-hmm. various other people, um, they've they've kind of gone. All right, okay, maybe we should be speaking to you for twenty nineteen. Um, so that's a process that's probably going to drag. It feels like it's dragging, um, but it's just <laughs> it's how long these things take. Yes. It's a process that will probably go into late January, early February before we really be able to confirm as many names as we would like. Mm-hmm. But we know, as I say, that the majority, and and by that I mean probably one or two, maybe maybe three that might not return. Um, but that'll be for legitimate reasons. It's not because they don't like us. <laughs> well, that, that's what they tell you. So. Well, don't, uh, plant, yeah. don't plant seeds. I, I mean, I, I mean, a couple of them did swear at me on the Friday night. We'll set it up because um, when we had original conversations with them, let's just say the attendance was significantly less than what we originally forecast. Uh, sorry, it's going to be more than what we originally forecast. So they, mm-hmm. they'd worked on the basis that we'd have, I think, 450 in the case of one of them. And they were like, ah, no, you lied to me. And I'm like, ah, but in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good lie. Yeah. yeah. It was like a good lie. I, I set your expectations low. Of course, now they know what to expect. And that's yeah. slightly more pressure, shall we say. 
Yeah, but that but that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. That that's that's what the the first year was to prove it. The second year will be to develop it um, yeah. and grow it. So galvanize. Yeah, and and so I mean, exhibitor wise, we expect the majority of them come back. We know we will have some others, and we're we're planning at the moment. And this this is obviously subject to change, but we're planning to split the exhibitors across both halls and link them through the various openings between both halls so that mm-hmm. it's not like one hall's got the exhibitors in it and the other hall's got all the gamers in it because that wouldn't work. Yes. Um, so that's the plan at the moment. The floor plan is fluid as ever, but it's um, it, that's the current plan. Um, open play-wise, we, I mean, I can't really, how, how would I put this? I didn't expect it to be as heaving at certain points in time. And it wasn't heaving as in sardines in a tin can heaving, but it was mobbed pretty much until about so 10 o'clock Saturday night, something like that, which is great. That's exactly mm-hmm. what we want. Um, exactly. So, so now we've seen that that works. Um, we can go, right, okay, we need more of that. So we will have significantly more of that. Um, depending on uh, various factors, obviously ticket sales and things like that will, will uh, drive some of that. Um, but we know we can fit uh, a good kind of double, if not almost triple, number of people in the space, um, allowing for some, uh, well, making sure we sustain the same space between tables and backs of chairs and all that to keep it comfortable. Um, so mm-hmm. open play-wise, we've got scale that we can grow, um, which is great. That's what the space is for. Um, there will be our tournaments will move downstairs. Um, so tournament-wise, we're still not sure what to do. Um, the only two that we're really keen to have, but haven't had them 100% in black and white confirmed yet, but I'll happy to talk about them, is we will have an our pandemic survival uh, yeah. event. Um, the the bit I can't confirm as far as it's going to be a UK national qualifier, although I've been told that verbally, it's just not in black and white yet. Yep. Um, and the plan for that at the minute is so that so in 2018 that was full, 12 teams, which was fantastic. And um, Kirsten and Kevin, who won that, will be going to UK Games Expo next year. They've never been to UK Games Expo before, so uh, they're oh, going to go down and good. compete in the in the UK Championships, which is cool. And um, we'll have two semi-finals on the Saturday, twelve teams in each, capacity-wise, and we'll have a final on the Sunday. That's the plan oh. at the moment. Yeah, um, like if it. there are changes, then fine. But that's the plan at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is the Catan um, UK National Qualifier, and I've forgotten the gentleman's name who won that. Alan something. Apologies, Alan. <laughs> um, but the we're we're already speaking to Catan Studio about getting that confirmed, so I don't see any problems with that being confirmed. Yeah. Beyond that, we've we're looking for suggestions. Um, we've opened up event submissions on the website, um, and it's really just give us some suggestions. We we'll maybe ignore let's just say eight percent of them, depending upon how many we get, um, <laughs> because I don't want to have lots of tournaments. Um, but let's let's see what we get and the conversations we're having with Asma Day as well, we inform that and Coil Spring for that matter. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, there's there's options there, but by moving them downstairs, the RPG space gets 
a bit bigger. Much bigger. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we're so for those who were at Table Talk Scotland 2018, there was a room called the Ganache, which is where Room Team 100 plus one was. It's also where most of the tournaments were. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to move the RPGs from what was the Hay Room, so the not D&D RPGs. You think of a better word for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and they'll move into the Ganache. Um, and we then, by essentially blending the Ganache and the Gallery, which is where the D&D Adventures League was, mm-hmm. uh, we essentially have a blended role-playing area, which, you know, could enable us to have more D&D tables moving in, something into the gallery, uh, the Ganache, but also really just enables us to have roughly 20 to 22 RPG tables per slot, um, which I think we had 15, no, 14 on average. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, roughly a 50% increase, which is great. Excellent, excellent. And, and we've already had submissions for that. Um, I was just going to say, you beat me to the punch. If uh, people are wanting to organise a table, uh, they just go on the website and submit their request. It, it's yes. nice as well because uh, quite a few of the, the stories we we heard relating to, to people getting into tabletop for the first time was people that, that rocked up to the uh, the RPG. Yeah. Sections. Yeah. I mean, that... You just reminded me there because you're right. There was a lot of people who, um, in fact, there's one particular example that I remember, which was a, a mother and daughter who the mother used to play, the daughter wanted to try it, and um, they signed up. I don't think it was for the Epic. It might have been for the Epic, actually, I mentioned it. And But rather than them sitting at the same table, um, Greg, uh, who was organizing all of that, split them up and put them on different tables. Uh, mm-hmm. But that actually worked really well. Um, the both of them had a great time, and but we also had a lot of um, father-son kind of moments with the dad, who's uh, uh, kind of returning a gamer again, bringing his son along, and that again kind of emphasises the family dynamic of the event. Um, so that was great to see. And in fact, the, all of the RPGs went really well. Um, mm-hmm. All the feedback we had on the RPGs was really good. Um, and the epic itself, um, Greg just seemed to be in, in heaven, being dressed up uh, as <laughs> I've forgotten the character's name, which he'll punch me for or something. Um, but, um, but yeah, <laughs> that, that was that, that just really went exceptionally well. And my favorite, uh, my favorite story from the D and D epic was the one table that found this book <laughs> and decided to destroy it, which led <laughs> the head GM announcing to the whole room okay no one can use magic again <laughs> and, and 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 that kind of meta or that mega uh, game aspect of an epic is what makes it different as well yeah. it, was, it was even the fact that there was a group of guys in glasgow who go to west end games who basically hothoused their characters to get them up to a high enough level for us to have a tier four table so they were literally playing D every night for i think it was like a week to two weeks <laughs> Just, just like level up their characters. I'm picturking like a Rocky esque D and D training <laughs> montage of guys like rolling dice. So. Yeah, <laughs> I would love as well if they if they were all spellcasters as well. Uh, ah, yeah. and that happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. <laughs> But, but that's the thing, that, that in itself is just a, it's, for what we're afraid, it's a way that 
the people who bought into the event, they were determined that we were going to have a tier four table. Yeah, uh, which is seventeen to twentieth, I think, um, in, in level terms. But the mm. the fact that they were like, no, 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 we need to be the tier four table, and so they just kept going out, going at it, and going at it, and and got their characters up to that level, which is fantastic. So that's, that, yeah. that's a nice tier four wizard you've got. Yeah, yeah. shame. Yeah. Oh, I'm rolling D4 to yeah. deal damage now. <laughs> but on, on the subject of RPGs, uh, you do have one more announcement to make, don't you? Do I? What one's that been? What's that? It's not, it's not an RPG, though, is it? It's, a, it's about a certain film. Oh, oh yeah. Well, the, to to really explain this, I have to mention where I, where I was in America. Though doing that, uh, well, you, you well we we, to, we can but... we can skip over that part. I think we everyone in the crowd knows where you've been. I'll, I'll I'll come at it from a different direction, inshallah. Right? Okay. <laughs> so um, there's a book that's been released recently uh, called The Art and Arcana, uh, which is a visual history of D and D. Um, which is fabulous. I've got a copy. It's a gorgeous book. You don't even need to be in D&D to like it. It's just full of fantastic artwork. Yeah. Um, um, but the when I was a Gen Con... Um, <laughs> Damn it! Gen- Legend has it every time Dave mentions he was in Gen Con, a fairy dies. And that's why we have no fairies anymore. my garden anyway. <laughs> but when I was there, I went to see a film called Eye of the Beholder, which is a film about the, histi- the art history of D&D. And those who have known uh, of D&D for many, many years, Eye of the Beholder is obviously the name of a computer game that was released many, many years ago, uh, which is set in Waterdeep, um, which is also one of the clues that was given at the um, Stream of Many Eyes for the uh, uh, Waterdeep Heist scenario. I'm going off far too geeky now. Um, no, keep but going. The, this is what we're all about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I saw the film there, and it's it's essentially, well, it's not even essentially, it is uh, a, a, a lot of interviews. They had a one, over 180 hours of interview footage when they were creating the film. It was funded through Kickstarter as well, so they had a great yeah. Kickstarter campaign. It went really well. Uh, I took uh, the time to speak to um, one of the producers of the film while I was there and then followed up uh, when I came home uh, to basically say, can we show the film? Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer was yes, absolutely, of course you can show the film. So at some point, likely on a Saturday night, but, you know, the schedule will morph slightly, I'm sure, yeah. um, we're going to show either Boulder. Um, I don't know what the final cut length will be. The showing I saw, I think it's about an hour and a half, so it may be slightly longer than that. Um, but it's full of interviews with artists who have worked in D&D over the years, um, including people like Jeff Eastley and Larry Elmore um, mm-hmm. and various others, and uh, Ralph Horsley uh, from the UK, who you guys have had in yes. the podcast in the past. Um, so one of the things that, we're, uh, that we were talking about when we were together in Glasgow a couple of weekends ago uh, was looking at bookending that somehow with some a seminar on art and the hobby. Um, and we've got some ideas on how we form that and what sort of panel we can get for that. Um, but just having the film, to me, just gives people another thing to consider to do, which maybe is giving attendees too much choice because that was actually one of the bits of feedback we got that it was almost like too hard to choose what to go to but you know <laughs> better to have choice than no choice too many um, nice things why can't i have them all 
<laughs> which is what happened to the guy that doesn't like Perth anymore. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, so, that was, the rest of his feedback didn't have things like that in it. Um, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I think the, I mean, I'm excited to have it. I mean, I was excited to see it because I mean, I've, I've grown up with D&D, so it's, it's yeah. kind of seeing the fact, one of, one of the key bits in the film was they were talking about when TSR closed and the offices were being emptied. Um, this was after Wizards of the Coast uh, bought them. And yes. they found in a skip outside the back of the building, original copies of art from like first edition AD&D books and stuff like that. And it's just like, because the people who were emptying the building didn't know what they it was. Didn't care. <laughs> or, they, or they didn't care. Yeah, exactly. Because it was yeah. just a painting. Um, but it's, it's also interesting to kind of hear uh, some of the little anecdotes about the, the art process, such as it was back then, which was basically just arguments between the artists and one-upmanship <laughs> between the artists, uh, which is great. And it's 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 a really entertaining watch, um, but especially if you've got any interest in the art uh, of D&D, uh, but really just fantasy art in general. The, my, my, my thought, and I think it's a great idea, having a film screening, you know, uh, particularly if it's later on in the day, you know, after... A hard days of gaming, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. nice to unwind uh, and just relax a little and uh, just soak something in. Um, but my 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 thought is, uh, we need to get one of you tabletop Scotland guys uh, to be dressed as one of the chaps in the cinemas and have like a tray of cornettos <laughs> at the front. Well, I, th- I think you know who I could volunteer for that because it won't be me. <laughs> yeah, probably John. He loves an opportunity to dress up. Yeah. Doesn't he? Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> who doesn't? But John especially does. Yes. So. Oh, dear. Uh, so plenty to look forward to for uh, 2019. But yeah, we're, we're just about out of time uh, for this episode. But. Uh, just please remind our listeners where can they go find out more about Tabletop Scotland 2019? Right, so the, the key place is the website, so www.tabletopscotland.co.uk. Uh, from there, you can get to our Facebook page, which is Tabletop Scotland. We also have a chat group, um, which is Tabletop Scotland 2019 chat on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on Twitter as Tabletop Scott, and we're on Instagram as Tabletop Scott. Key thing that I should also mention because I haven't mentioned it is that tickets don't go on sale until the 31st of January. There we go. Um, we're sticking to the schedule we had, I was going to say last year, this year. Um, yes. <laughs> where ticket sales will go on, on sale at the end of January and the event booking will go live, um, I think it's the 24th of May. Um, now, we will be having a launch party. We haven't confirmed what that looks like yet, um, but we should have more information on that in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. If not, it'll be early January. Good, and, good. and we'll be there. Well, we have hope so. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, excellent. Well, look, Dave, thanks very much for coming on the show uh, once again. Uh, no doubt we'll have you We'll have you back on in the run-up to Tabletop Scotland 2019. Absolutely. But uh, for those of you listening, thanks very much. You take care and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. We are Unlucky Frog Gaming and I am Ben. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Unlucky Frog Gaming. You can also show your support by giving us money through the Unlucky Frog Patreon. And be sure to check out our website, unluckyfrog.com, to find out more.